Hello, listener. You're listening to WDLC in the morning. Easy listening for your drive into work. Up first, we have a simple Fox Lee. How could this happen to me? I mean, I've made my mistakes, but I've got nowhere to run. The night goes on and, and I'm slowly fading away. That was wonderful as always. Just as wonderful as this day is. Now, listener, I'd like to turn your attention to the nth member of Train, Talon Lee. Patrick Monaghan kicked me out after I pointed out that literally nobody dances to Mr. Mr. Ever. That's fantastic. All right, it's time to take you into the break. This has been your host, Jeb Wrench. Hello, everybody. Hello, right, we're back, people. <laughs> Dang, Jeb's real good at that. <laughs> it's almost like he's done this before. I, I I felt like I was listening to a radio station in a far off foreign land. I I've listened to actual American radio broadcasts, um, mostly of the no 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 rap music uh, broad broadcast, and uh, Jeb's way better than all of them. <laughs> I have a brand. Yes, we're back. We're back. We're back. We have an we have a, a new audience here. Hello, iTunes people with your eye devices. We're probably going to say something rude. <laughs> no, we're not because it's not an explicit podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> we are going but, to be nice to everyone. Look, I, I I read the guidelines, and it's not about bad language. Good, because that's all we've got. We're Australian. Now I'm terrified that I've said that, and I'm misremembering. <laughs> I know at the time. There was a reason I said it to not explicit. <laughs> we'll find out. There'll be just like one clause way down at the bottom that just says <laughs> no cuss words. No much laxing. <laughs> well, that's just that's racism. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, shit, now he said it. Oh, fuck. Fuck. So, we've had a busy April. Ooh, yeah. There was an April here, it's gone now. (laughs) It's me. I know, we had a busy (laughs) April. Um, in, In April, off the top of my head, I can think of four birthdays, I can think of two family events, I can think of my thesis being handed in, and two conventions... And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> professor Dallin, ever closer to being an actual professor. I've looked into what it takes to become a professor. Fuck that. <laughs> oh my god. I think you fucked more times than I have now. It's, yeah, probably. Um, it's the, like, like, you know those really annoying Shin Megami Tensei fusion trees where you have to get this thing <laughs> with that thing, and it has to be on a full moon, and you've got to do it when the system clock is showing this time on a developer's birthday? Yeah, professorship is like that, but it also has review boards. Well, that analogy was, was worthy of, of being a professor, so... <laughs> But yes, it, it is a uh, a new day, a new podcast. Hey, Jeb, I know it's been a month, but have you played any video games? Where are video games? I finished Mass Effect Andromeda. I thought you already had last time we spoke. Maybe. I must be misremembering. No, we hadn't. You are misremembering. I have I have since finished it, though. And uh, surprise, a Mass Effect game has a somewhat unsatisfying final uh, encounter. <laughs> I'll go you on better. A Bioware game has a somewhat unsatisfying final encounter. But the rest of the game is is good. Not to take undue pot shots on uh on on uh, Bioware in general, but definitely, definitely to take pot shots I- at Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, they have a style. It, it's not. It's not that Bioware are themselves 
You know, actually, that might be it. It might actually be the trope. It might be them saying, no, no, we, we want to deliver the proper Bioware experience of a slightly shit end. <laughs> it's like, look, we're invested in it now. <laughs> it's our brand. Mechanics that will be about 80% too annoying to want to play, but the remaining 20% are acceptable enough to hang around the characters for the duration of the game. Someone I know described, um, and this is admittedly talking about Mass Effect 3, but the description was, uh, it's a perfectly nice cocktail, but the base alcohol is grain alcohol. <laughs> At least I didn't say wood alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blind. <laughs> well, it does end with a light show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, Mass Effect Andromeda, which at last check featured jetpacking platforming sections in the beginning. Yep. <laughs> and uh, throughout the game, there are a few more of them in there. All not very good. (laughs) (laughs) That was going to be my next question. (laughs) Because I can't quite remember. Were you saying the mechanics were mostly satisfying this time around, or is it just by the the mechanics were mostly satisfying, except for a few that made it harder to stick with the characters. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Right, right. But the the story has progressed, uh, especially through the, uh, the, the later acts was strong enough to carry it forward, uh, despite any hiccups I had with the actual uh, gameplay itself. All right. I believe you then moved on from uh, Mass Effect Andromedia Andromedia to (laughs) Mace Effect Andromedia. Stop it! (laughs) Subtutelase. No, no, see, you're pronouncing letters that aren't there. You just need to change the vowel sounds. Ah. This is mostly the difference between American well, and Australian you, I, accents. I, I, I saw how you pronounced Susan today. Oh. <laughs> what, Sapcon? Yeah. <laughs> soup can. Yeah, that's where it comes from. It's like, that's how you get the flavor. You yeah. put a soup can in. It's what's well, a container. It's a, a soup can of wisdom. It's just basic etymology. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part of Jeb that wants to fight me right now, I'm sure. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the correct way to do it would just be uh, Mass Effect. Ah, right, yes. Uh, I think that was New Zealand, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, after Mass Effect... I'm Ma- sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry! After Mass Effect, Gino Media... Don't send your Tuataras after me. Tuataras are awesome. Anyway. <laughs> actually, yeah, send your Tuataras. <laughs> this is now the Tuatara podcast. <laughs> Did you know the Tuatara is an animal capable of sleeping 24 hours a day. Did you know the Tuatara has a semi-developed light sensor that is a proto-eye under its skin? Did you know that Tuataras are so lazy they can go an entire day breathing once? (laughs) No, that's me. (laughs) Hashtag life goals. (laughs) Tuatara are awesome and they are cute and they are exclusive to New Zealand and they are the laziest monsters in the world. As they get older, their energy needs go down. So they just live on sunlight. He's like, yeah, I'm going to sunbake for 16 hours. That'll do. (laughs) How many times can we say same? (laughs) Anyway, after Mass Effect Gino Media, what did you play? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I tried out uh, MLB uh, 2K17, the show. Nice. Or uh, that has a mode in it called Diamond Dynasty, which is collecting baseball cards, but use the baseball cards to play baseball with them. Oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is how you lose uh, a yeah. jab. Yeah, there's uh, there's also uh, like a like an RPG mode uh, with like str- strategically winning over fan bases in the various cities. Nice. Yeah. There's also a retro mode, which lets you play like it, 
as if it were like a like an arcade baseball game with the 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 pixelated sprite style art. Quite quite nice. Sounds super cool. That should be in everything. Mm. Great. All right. I just want to say, Ginomita sounds like if like Galactus was instead a, a really bad '90s comic dudes writing feminist uh, kind of villain. Oh, ew, yeah. Ginomita demands your compliance. You know, like that. Oh God. Anyway, I think a lot of our Twitter followers are gonna like that though. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, I was going to say. We're just we're just going to move straight on. I'm sorry, I our, got stuck on something. Our Twitter feeds are going to expect. Our, our, twi- our, our, our Twitter feed is, feeds are going to expect Talon to make a card game about Ginormica. Uh, <laughs> Actually, uh, there's there's an amazing. Oh God, Ginormica! It just got even. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, the- oh, wait! No, Ginormica. No. <laughs> There is video on YouTube of a show oh, of Stan Lee watching Todd McFarlane and uh, Rob Liefeld draw and design a brand new character. And at the time, everyone was like, oh, this is so cool. And you look back in hindsight and you realize that Stan Lee is just nonstop dunking on them about how fucking ridiculous the character they've made is. That That is an incredible thing to watch. Because at first it's like, <laughs> do they even know that Stan Lee is making so much fun of them? And by the end of it, you're just looking at him and you have the impression he is just so sad looking at that. It's like, you, you just, eventually you realize he's sort of going, yep. This is what happened to comic books, all right. He's being actively hurtful by the end. I know, and you saw it doesn't feel unjustified by the end of it. <laughs> oh my oh. It 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 was a conflicting range of emotions, I'll say that. I'm not even gonna try to impersonate Stan Lee, but there is the no. point where he asks, well, how does this character differ from Cable, your other major character? And he lists a couple of things, and Stan Lee's response is, Oh, so he's not. <laughs> It's like, yeah, well, he's a cyborg and he's struggling with aspects of his humanity. Right, moving on. <laughs> anyway, Jeb, speaking of oh, cyborgs, so struggling with humanity. So you're talking about bishops. Well, that, that's the thing, yeah. It, that, basically, Stan Lee pointed out that this character is a rip on three of Rob Liefeld's other characters who are all rips on each other. Anyway, speaking of cyborgs and being sad... No, I haven't played Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh, okay. Not not this week. <laughs> like, you finished Final Fantasy fifteen, no. right? Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have got back into playing Tales of Berseria, which is really good, and continues yeah. to get better, because Velvet Crow con- continues to uh, solve all of her problems with murder. <laughs> and uh, if she is unable to solve it with murder, then what she'll do is uh, murder it more. Well, if you murder some other problems, and you might find that this problem was in fact predicated on some other problem that you could solve with murder. Yeah, it's just logic. Everything she does, everything she does is is uh, uh, her 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 language is murder, and she's very good at it. So uh, I enjoy this uh, this character very much <laughs> uh, with her liberal use of violence as a as a, a negotiating point and also a stabbing people point. <laughs> A negotiating point and a negotiating in inverted commas point. There you go. <laughs> so, was there anything else? Or shall we move on to talk uh, about what Fox and I have been up to? Well, I I mean, I, I there was that other game. That other game? 
Oh yeah, uh, Phantom Dust. Yeah, Phantom Dust got uh, re-released uh, on Xbox One. Oh yeah, One we actually and, and we, we, we talked about we talked about retro gaming news. Phantom Dust just a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> a couple of episodes, like three months. Yeah, well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it sounded vaguely familiar, and I'm pretty sure that's why. Tell us about it again, Joe. It's a very clunky action game, um, but it looks neat and has this really... The, the soundtrack is mostly classical music in this post-apocalyptic setting, which is kind of neat. Hmm. But I didn't really get far too far into it. Uh, there is one very amusing situation where, uh, near the start of the game, where you're asked to accept a name, and you can just keep going and going, and there's like 15 names they offer you. I can't even remember what the one that they just, if you say no to all the other ones, they just give you. So wait, you, you get to choose a name, but from a list of predefined options? Yes. And presented to you in random order? No. Oh, it's fixed order? Yes. They say, uh, do you want us to call you gin? That's a drink that this one guy likes. Okay. No, uh, do you want to call you dark? Because it's dark down here? <laughs> no? Uh... <laughs> We'll call you, uh, uh, light, because it's light outside. They're, they're stressing the fact that your name actually doesn't mean anything. In fact, I don't even recall if it's ever actually used after that. <laughs> That's interesting, I'll give it that. And then I think if you say no to all of them, it's like, alright, fine, you're, I think it's Nanashi. <laughs> so you're a type of pale. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I gotta say, name choices and voice acting are two things that are going to be at odds with one another for a long time. I didn't say anything about voice acting. Oh, eh, okay, fair enough. When did, I'm confused. I don't, I don't recall saying that. I, I, admit, nope. I just assumed that voice acting was part of why they were giving you a limited set of names. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it is literally to stress that your name does not matter. Okay. That, that, is, that is expressly the purpose of choosing your name in that. Okay. I think any name you get to choose does matter, but that's just me. Hmm. Fascinating principles. Anyway. Hmm. I suppose it demonstrates that they don't think it matters. Yeah. So, was there anything... I mean, in the context of the game itself, the, the, the in the context of the game itself, the, 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 the point is your name does not matter. I know. That is, that is expressly the point that they're reinforcing. And was like, it... You can choose. It's like... It's like if you choose to, to point at something with your left or right hand, you're still pointing at the thing. Okay. So is there anything else you had in mind? So yeah. Right here? Video- yeah, I played Nier Automata. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that comes up as an afterthought. Jeb likes the slow roll. <laughs> yeah. Jeb also likes no-selling really good segues like So About Cyborgs and Being Sad. <laughs> talking about I talked about the, the game with the sad cyborg. <laughs> so I, I mentioned Final Fantasy XV. So how are you feeling about Nier Automata? It's pretty good, I guess. I, I got the I got one of the good endings and then don't really have any desire to keep going. I don't give a shit about these characters at all. <laughs> well, that'll do it. That that is that is a perfectly good reason they, to they, check they, out they, of a damn game. Not, and it's it's kind of frustrating because it is it, it is a great game. It is one of the most aesthetically uh, appealing games I think I've ever seen. It looks great. It sounds amazing. The uh, the it still has 
pretty bizarre decisions in terms of accessibility. Uh, mm. If you if you need to have things like if you need to have things like like auto aim on, then you have to play on easy mode. Oh. Uh, uh, not thrilled by that idea, I gotta say. Mm. It's it's unpleasant. If you have the opportunity to turn those things on and off, you really shouldn't bundle them. I I like I'm in favor of say bundled accessibility settings, but also give people the option to fiddle around with them. Oh, the soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> ah. A composer we'd recognize from anything else, or? Nia. Hell if I know. <laughs> you may have missed the words, we'd recognize. Oh, fine. <laughs> Does the name Keiichi Okabe mean anything to you? I feel like it should, but I'm not sure where from. I assumed you'd been playing Fire Emblem because most times I've talked to you while you had your phone in your hand, you've been swearing at Fire Emblem. Oh, Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's not real Fire Emblem. <laughs> I've actually been playing it very little. Just enough to get sweary at it. <laughs> uh, just enough to get shat off because they released Titania and Soran, who oh. are both... Hmm. Quick rundown. Characters are associated with colors, which is how you know whether or not you have a chance to get them in the gacha. They're both green. I've seen three green orbs out of about 35 since they launched the Fire Emblem character, the uh, Radiant Dawn characters, and I am pissed off. Aww, that sucks. It really does. <laughs> not rolling them would be one thing, but not having a chance to roll them is like, fuck you. Man. I'm real sorry to hear that. That sounds, that sounds like Stupid. a really awful experience. It's just a dumb bit of design. Mm. <laughs> and the uh, the real money transaction for the gacha resources. Ooh. Horrendous. Uh. It's like, I think at the base level, the exchange rate is worse than a dollar for one of the resource. And you need 20 of the resource to get a good value gacha. Whoa. Jesus Christ. Fuck right off with that. They, basically, if you do five at once, you get better chances at good stuff. You can do one at a time and it costs five of the resource. But that's like, if you wanted to buy one chance at a character, it's like five bucks. That's nonsense. Yeah, it, it's dumb. See, imagine- and you get plenty of these playing the game, and that's how it works. But the the opportunity to real money transact for these things is just a total non-starter. It's ridiculous. See, Magic the Gathering boosters cost you seven bucks, but you you can draft with them and you get a bunch of stuff in them. Hey, <laughs> wow. As far as I go, I may have played all of Dark Souls 2 in a month. Now I realize it. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, I quite liked it. Um, so, Dark Souls 2... I, okay, so here, here is here is the ridiculous reason why I played Dark Souls 2, despite people saying it was bad. Is it to spite people? Spite always plays a factor. Because <laughs> I bought it for you? That's, well, that's... Oh, thanks, Jeb. It was, it was a good selection, by the way. I very much appreciate <laughs> it as a gift. Um, but no, the, the spite, while spite was part of it, spite was not the core of it. Thing is, I want to play Bloodborne. I really do. I've got a copy of Bloodborne sitting in our den and have had now for about three months. I would like to play it, but if the interface for Bloodborne, like the just the, the top level rudimentary engage with this game stuff, is better than Dark Souls 1 by too much, and Dark Souls 2 oh, yeah. would therefore be a step back in interface, <laughs> it would... I know this sounds weird, but it would frustrate me so much. Oh, it will be. Yeah, no, I, I know how much that would frustrate you specifically. Yeah. Yeah, and I had this problem when I tried to go back and play Assassin's Creed 1 again, because of all my waxing rhapsodic about how great a character Altair is compared to, um... Everyone else? Des... Desmond! Desdemona! Desmond. That, that was, sorry, that was, by the way, that wasn't a joke. That was just oh. fumbling for the guy's name. I thought I was playing along. 
No, but but the thing is, in Assassin's Creed One, the interface is so clunky, and the camera is such a brick that you can't actually do independent turning of the camera with the in Assassin's Creed One. It, it only turns a fraction based on what direction you're facing, which I guess is like a realistic way of depicting your ability to perceive around you with your head in one direction. But it's just really clunky and awkward, and you die the second you touch water. I had a really interesting moment, similarly, I think, mm-hmm. um, playing Ocarina of Time 3D. Mm-hmm. Now, I had already played it and finished it, because it, it's Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's you. I may have been here before. Yeah. But uh, Majora's Mask 3D uh, recognizes the C-Stick. Oh. It gives you camera control, because the new 3DS existed when they made that. And Ocarina 3D doesn't. Oh. And I d- now I get why people don't want to be without a, a camera stick. I, I didn't. Before, because that I hadn't really played those sorts of games on those consoles before. Um, even up until recently, I played stuff mostly on a Wii. It wasn't until the Wii U that there even was a second control stick involved in this equation. Mm. And I finally get it. It's just you you really just automatically expected to be there. Yeah. And once it's gone, you're like, what the? Oh, shit. You oh, f- this is annoying now. You feel really weirdly hamstrung, too. Yeah. It's, like, it's just weird. Yeah. I never I realized how much, and, and I apologize if I ever downplayed anyone's frustration with that. I, I totally get it now. Um. So I played Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin Edition. I played through it just once. When I was finished, I deleted it because I knew I needed to finish other stuff as well. Like, I couldn't just sit there replaying Dark Souls 2 forever. Um, but I found the reputation Dark Souls 2 You has. didn't delete your save, did you? No, I saved all... In fact, Good! I, I would have had to kick your ass. I kept backups of all my saves, in fact. Um, before every major boss encounter, I made a backup of my save, just so I could go back and get footage of it if I wanted to, without having to replay the whole game. <laughs> But Talon, I understand Dark Souls 2 is for scrubs who don't appreciate the true rewarding difficulty of Dark Souls 1 and want to be babied with things like teleporting and enemies who permanently die. I Look, there is a lot of stuff I've seen being com- made as complaints about Dark Souls 2, and some of them I definitely understand, like, that's a personal preference as a, you know, your experience of Dark Souls 2 you weren't happy with. But there is a body of thinking about it that indicates that these people want to prove that Dark Souls 2 is worse, like, (laughs) empirically worse. You're gonna get that with video game criticism in general. And it's not you, enough to feel a certain way. You, you have to make it factual. And you get this gaggle of people who are convinced that they are experts in how games are designed, saying, well, this is just bad design. Rah, rah, rah. And that's, it's it's missing the point. And I, I've commented on this, and I will happily talk at length about this when we have a, a podcast that's going to be Let's Let Talon Ramble About Dark Souls 2, <laughs> as opposed to Catching Up. By the way, I'm not saying let's not do an in-depth <laughs> Dark Souls 2 episode. I am down with that. I just, you know, talk about it now. But... There is one thing, and I want to bring this up because it specifically annoyed me so much. There is a video by a guy called Matthew Matosis. I do not know Mr. Matosis. I am sure that he might be a lovely person. I have no direct problems with him as an individual. He made a video which has over a million views on YouTube, and it is the source for a lot of these repeated and parroted complaints about Dark Souls 2. A lot of what he says is at best personal opinion and at worst is completely misunderstanding how game design works but in amongst all this he says that the Souls series is quote a refuge from crippling accessibility concessions oh man fuck that guy fuck that sentence <laughs> in particular that one sentence fuck yeah. off with that oh that's that uh, 
It's like the video game reviewer version of, oh, it's political correctness gone mad. Yeah, just, uh, God, it makes me so angry. I can't even unpack the things about it that make me angry. Like, just the fact that the use of the words in question, it's, uh, God. <clears throat> anyway, point is, I have lots of angry words about Dark Souls 2, and I will try to keep them to a minimum. But I really liked it. I really, really like Dark Souls 2. I'm going to be going back to it after I've played some other stuff to go finish up the DLC, because this is, this is going to be so embarrassing. Um, I played the game, I finished it, I got asked, have you done the DLC? I said no. Then I deleted it with the mindset of, I'll come back to this another time. And then I learned that there are bow and arrow puzzles in one of the DLC, and I was just like, oh my god, I need to go play that. That's like Legend of Zelda shit. <laughs> <laughs> So I made a hasty decision. <laughs> See, this is why you don't delete games so freely. Because they take fucking ages to re-download. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> um, also, uh, this isn't me, but uh, this week I bought a friend a copy of Cave Story. And I've been watching them live tweet. Somebody hasn't played Cave Story? Yeah. Uh, someone who's a fan of robots who hasn't played Cave Story. <gasps> and so I've been watching this kid play their way through Cave Story for the first time. And it's super fun. And I'm, it makes me happy because I love Cave Story. <laughs> and uh, do you have a, another present ready for when you make them cry with the story of Cave Story? Ooh, I, I, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a thing when they got to the first ending. With right. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. First ending is bad ending. Yeah. Very sorry. I should have warned you ahead of time. Oops. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, mm, mm, when KV Story offers you an ending, don't trust it. Also, 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 uh, class thing. I went to, I, I, you know, I've got my class of students, they're making games and whatnot. This past Friday, uh, we had a very large block of blank time in the schedule, which is normally reserved for prototyping and double checking stuff and, and play testing your games. And I, expecting there to be a, a lull, took with me my copy of Arctic Scavengers and my copy of Mysterium, both of which are really good games. Nobody wanted to play them because they were all busy playing other students' games. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> including one game, including one game where you are trying to oppose a fascist octopus that has taken over the world. Ooh, I like this. And when you destroy the fascist octopus, her arms come apart into little smaller cyborg octopi that chase you down. <laughs> it's this amazing prototype made out of paper clips. I love it. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, paper clips, that's beautiful. Also, we went to Gamer X and to Comic Gong. <laughs> Yeah, we've had a couple of conventions since we last spoke. <laughs> Two very different conventions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm, where to begin speaking about either of them? Um, Comic Gong is huge and free, and you should come to it if you live anywhere near where we live. Um, Gamer X is, well, I suppose advising you to come to it is kind of a moot point because this is probably the last one, unless no. someone else. Is, yeah? No, they're talking about um, doing things to recoup costs and maybe get it, get it going as a regular thing with more corporate sponsorship. Okay. Good. So I don't know how good an idea that is. I, it's not my decision to make, but I have heard people talking about doing another one next year. Good. So. I, I mean, it should definitely happen again. Um, <coughs> it, it was obviously spending a bit more than it was standing to make, but it, it was such a good thing for the people who were there. And like everyone I spoke to was just like, I'm so glad I can have this space right now. Um, it should happen every week if someone can swing it. And we got to meet Rami. Yeah, that was cool. We that got was... to meet quite a few people. We got to meet a whole bunch of really cool noteworthy people. Noteworthy persons. I, I got to have a, a nice little chat with Rami Ismail. And uh, this, this is actually the saddest thing about it. We had to pack up and get out of there because we were on public transport, which meant we missed his uh, final speech. Yeah, and we did not go get to go to the cool after party and schmooze with people who yes. are uh, who are both game designers and cool people. Mm -hmm. But 
uh, Rami's final talk, um, Diversity is an English Word, I think that's the name of it, um, is up on YouTube along with all the other GamerX talks. And there was also a talk by Steve D about reconstructing masculinity, um, which is, you know, hey, how about we have masculinity without it being toxic? You know, let's, let's, let's talk about ways guys can be guys without it being a... Ha- <laughs> all the things you like about being manly can be things that don't make you an asshole. Yay! Yeah. Um, and that was, that was apparently a super good talk. I didn't get to see it, so... Yeah. But... Yeah. But yeah, every every talk except I think there are a couple where people had asked that they not be featured because they didn't want to appear in video or whatever. Yeah. Um, but almost everything is available online and like that's a steal. Um <laughs> you should definitely check it out. They had they had um uh signs out the front talking about um photography and cosplay and about how um consent to get the consent to get everyone's appearance in a picture when you take it, um consent to share pictures when you take them, which was super good. Um um, you know, that stuff that really should be standard. <laughs> right. I mean, at all conventions, people at all conventions should know this, but it's not. I mean, the availability of cameras moved so quickly. <laughs> we really have not societally adjusted to the etiquette for these things yet. Um, whole place had great disability access. Um, That's real true. I Actually, correction. I can't speak for like the bathrooms, but oh, I sure. saw I saw people with canes. I saw people with um, wheelchairs. And I saw people with scooters. There was no problem. The whole place had been laid out so that they could get around and they could do stuff and they could play at the gaming tables, which had been arranged so you could access them on a scooter. Right. There was actually enough space uh, in front of everyone's booth mm. to to stop and play and check things out, even if you had some kind of aid with you. I saw a person on a scooter playing one of the VR games. Nice. Which goes to show how much space they had available. And well done, Nintendo, for basically stepping in to be the big sponsor at the end there. Yeah. That was surprisingly cool of them. I mean, I know all companies uh, do stuff like this only as much as they think it benefits them, but, you know, better for that reason than to not do it. Mm. So, good on them. <laughs> and as a side effect, this meant that they had a display showing off an early version of ARMS. That has that was facing away from us. So <laughs> just I just saw see, people playing it. Just saw people playing it, <laughs> including one person in full dragon fursuit <laughs> playing arms. So yeah. GamerX was really cool um, as well based on what people wanted to buy, what people were picking up. There was a ton of support for indie games, like for all that Nintendo had the big booth and everything. There were fewer people moving through there than through any of the individual. Yeah. uh, Like, you know, I mean, most of these booths were just people spending to promote their game Mm. more than selling stuff. And people were really into trying things out, which was great. One mum commented on Twitter afterwards saying that it was the first time she'd been to a convention where where she wasn't worried about letting her kid just check things out. Oh, yeah. Which was really interesting because, like, obviously there was some stuff there that was definitely aimed at a more adult audience. Um, <laughs> like my folder with the solid cover. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, <laughs> she she wasn't afraid that her kid would be getting into stuff unattended, that, no, that people wouldn't care or pay attention to the fact that, oh, there's a kid here. Right, right. Which was really interesting. Um, I also got to meet in person uh, Etten, aka <laughs> Etten64, aka Twitter's Big Beefy Boy, um, who isn't me. I just need to underscore this. He's not <laughs> actually the same person as me. <laughs> you should have seen the look on his face when he told me about this. Apparently someone on Twitter thought that I was Etten and Etten was my, you know, real account. <laughs> Apparently you're like making fun of yourself on sock puppet accounts. <laughs> I thought you normally did that to glorify yourself. <laughs> I've been playing the magic for many years. <laughs> 
But yeah, GamerX was lots of fun, and I was struck by the number of people who were really interested in just the stuff we made. They they wanted they wanted to know about us, but they also wanted to know about the things that we created. And then when we told them about them, they were like, "Oh, that's dope! I'd like that!" And they were just buying it. And it was it was so interesting. Like I didn't feel nearly as apologetic as I usually do about our games. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when, when I'm selling games at like a convention and I can look across the way and see someone selling Fantasy Flight box games, I'm like, yeah, we make <laughs> cheap, weird little things. Like, no, we just make games. We make games. Uh, yeah. Don't ever be impressed by not having the production budgets of Fantasy Flight. Yeah, true. They, they have plenty to be ashamed of in their collection. <laughs> they have plenty to be proud of as well, but mm. yeah. Like, and uh, uh, and Comic Gone was <laughs> very uh, Comic Gone is just people through all day, kids yeah. everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, Comic Gone is a free entry convention, so it's just traffic, traffic, traffic. Yeah, and and just blink and you'll miss the day. That's kind of true. I mean, they tried to advertise it plenty, but it's mostly local focused advertising because that's who comes to it. So well, they also meant from us. Like I sat oh. down and oh, it's lunchtime, and oh, I've just finished my lunch, and oh, it's it's time to go home. Well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I was like, oh, I must be getting onto lunchtime yet, and it was like 2 o'clock. Yeah, there's no lulls. It's just no, go. That's true, yeah. And uh, there was a totally dope um, Ursula cosplayer. She was amazing. Just great big black lady with, like, the full costume and everything and the big yeah, hair. Yeah, and it, yeah, the hair going on, and there yeah. was glitter all through it. it uh, yeah. She looked spectacular. I believe she came second in the cosplay competition, though, because the big sister yes. was phenomenal. <laughs> Someone made a Bioshock 2 big sister costume and it just looked awesome. It was, yeah. <laughs> so cool stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I suppose this doesn't mean a lot to international listeners or anything, but I love that it was uh, that like that's funded by our local council because the library basically pitched, hey, let's have a pop culture expo day and it can, there can be stuff on at the art gallery and at the town hall and we'll do library stuff and like comic books and we'll get pinball machines in the fire. And this is all, like, this is stuff that has been funded by the local council for people to do for free because this stuff is great. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of May 2016. Brought to you by Dark Souls 2, the Dark Souls of Dark Souls sequels. 2016, we're going to go for the short, sharp, shock version of this. There's going to be no re-releases and minimal application of shovelware. Just stuff recent enough that you know <laughs> it exists. The shovelware is the most fun. The shovelware is pretty fun, but we're not going to talk about, for example, Fine. Shadwen, which was decent but unremarkable uh, indie game. We're not going to talk about Shadow Complex Remastered, which is related to Orson Scott Card, who's a piece of shit. And we're not going to talk about the Final Fantasy X X2 HD remaster, which came out on Windows last year. So, yeah. We're just going to talk about games that launched one year ago. We have a 4X game by Paradox Entertainment that apparently took over... Stellaris. Yeah, Stellaris. (laughs) Which, by the way, if you sign up for the Humble Monthly, uh, the, the next you will immediately get Stellaris. Stellaris is really good. Yeah, I I don't have Stellaris. I don't actually have the. I don't want to buy Stellaris, but I imagine that if if I wanted any of Stellaris, Stellaris is so much more Stellaris than I could handle. Stellaris lets you fully customize your your uh, your your galactic civilization right down to the appearance of your aliens and choosing between like fish people and 
tentacle people and people people and bird people and snake people and bug people. What about tentacle fish people? So you always play snake people, right? Yeah. I think I have I think I have access to the Hydra. Oh. Um also Stellaris has in it a really smart move, which is late game crises. If you do successfully take over most of the universe, or if someone does, shit can just happen in their empire that wrecks it. Which sounds mm-hmm. really bad at first until you realize that so many civilization style games suck. Right. When someone gets an early lead and yeah. just takes over. Like, that does actually sound kind of good, because you need... And I assume this is, like, single player as well. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just crushing it, it adaptive difficulty. That's basically what that is. Oh, yeah. And it, it apparently is designed to trigger on careless empires. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know what that is exactly, but... It's like any other grand strategy games. You also have to worry about things like uh, your your officers rebelling and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, cool. Okay, we have a. You know, I, I don't think he's actually in this version of the game, but we have a game that is probably the most Nolan North game that exists. Oh wait, no, he yeah, <laughs> yeah he definitely is in this. <laughs> Uncharted Four. Yes, Uncharted Four: uh, A Thief's End. Of course, he's in well, it. I couldn't remember if this was like Kiefer Sutherland and and and, uh, and Big Boss or something. Like someone been replaced. That's not a joke about the character's butt. I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> I don't want to see the character's butt, but you 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 gave it that title. You own up to it. <laughs> Finish to... what's on your plate. You know, there's a lot of gay porn fanfic out there that uses that. Reference. There better be. We have a reboot of a classic shooter franchise that is. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, which is metal as fuck. <laughs> this is what happens when you restart the call so that Jeb isn't on a five second delay. He wins everything. I will like, tell you a little stump, little little something about Doom twenty sixteen. <laughs> first of all, first of all, the great Mick Gordon, yep. did the soundtrack for Doom twenty sixteen. Nice. One of the one of the one of the one of the the the, the tracks he made. Swear to God, if you look at it like a spectrum analyzer, it's a bunch of fucking pentagrams and six six sixes. It's awesome. <laughs> it is the most Doom thing ever. That is so sweet. If the okay, look, if the game was dog shit, it would still be worth it for justifying the existence of the Mick Gordon soundtrack. It is such <laughs> a good soundtrack. It just so also happens that the game seems to own bones. <laughs> Except for the multiplayer, because they fuck. Really boring speedrun, though. Uh, there's, a, there's a multiplayer version? Yeah. Yes, there's a multiplayer version of Doom. Well, yeah, I guess it's it, 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 a different studio made it. Oh. Oh, we don't like when that happens. Nope. There is a reason there is nonstop effusive praise for Doom. I haven't played it yet. I think I've got it. This many happy people who play the original can't be all wrong. I have to believe you because the only thing I heard about whether it was good or bad was just the picture of the action figure fist bump (laughs) and like, this has more character than any other first person shooter released in the last decade. (laughs) Like, yeah, cool. I I know nothing about it, but I'm down with it. Yep. <laughs> All right. We have a. It's the little things. We have a remake and reimagining that uses the exact same name as the previous game. Ugh. It includes a copy of the previous game. It includes a extra version of the pre- of the copy of the previous game, which adds an infinite lives mode because the previous game was way too hard, and the plot is gibberish. <laughs> 
the, the, the plot is, here are a bunch of proper nouns, deal with it. Okay. You know, I believe this did actually get a boxed release. That's pretty funny. Um, the composer was Ian Livingston, who is not that Ian Livingston or the other Ian Livingston. Which one is he? He's the one who does composing. I guess I had that going. It takes a platform game and adds combo systems along with quick time events and counterattacks. And it uses parallax scrolling, which was a feature of the original game that it was much hype. Oh, 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 um, hang on, hang on. Is You said remake. Yeah, is it, um, flashback? No, no. no. That was fucking awesome. Beast? It's Shadow of the Beast. Nah, okay. Shadow of the Beast. Yeah. Well, I don't have to feel bad about not knowing that one, because I'd never heard of that. No. Well, it may have come up in Retro Gaming News, and I was like, I've never heard of that. So now, technically, I'm lying. But yeah. you guys know what I mean. We have one of the most unnecessary sequels to a first-person shooter ever. Oh, God, pick one. And it has one of the worst plots of a first-person shooter I've ever read. It follows the protagonist, Ethan Brady, staging a resistance movie movement against an army occupying the city. Oh, is this Homefront 2? This is Homefront the Revolution, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that did come up, didn't it? Oh my god, that exists. It's a year old! Wow. Oh, we're wow. in 2016. We're in 2016! One year ago. In fact... <laughs> no wonder I don't know about any of this. In fact, happy birthday, Homefront the Revolution! <laughs> we're very disappointed One in you. One year old. <laughs> the game... The developers promised that this game would play like Dark Souls. Well, that was a stupid thing to promise. <laughs> well, it does. Uh, you spend time playing it, you gradually get more and more depressed, and uh, you just <laughs> feel the, the emptiness of the world just weighing down on you. Now, I've done a lot of uh, text editing recently for my thesis and whatnot, so I know, roughly speaking, what a thousand words of text looks like. The plot summary for this game is about a thousand words because it needs to explain that in this world, which again is a gritty, realistic shooter, uh, North Korea is a global superpower that controls all the world's technology. Oh, shitting hell, it's that one. (laughs) Yeah, it's the one where North Korea invaded the United States. Yes. They just... And won... And occupied it. They think they just they just think that North Korea is South Korea, but with a dictator, right? They're like, <laughs> yes. they, they've got they've got all the technology and the the kids who are good at the video games and the no, they have the starving people and the. I think that North. I think that the average no. American who worked on this game thinks that North Korea is full of wizards. <laughs> Because you you can't occupy the entire United States with a with certainly a, not over fucking night. Yeah. And the way they did it is by shutting off all electronic devices in America because <laughs> they were all made with North Korean. They're chips. totally made in North Korea. Yep, that's they, how the world works. All just, right, like we have a ki- we put a kill switch in everything. Click. <laughs> now, boys who learned how to fight yep. with knives are so much better than boys who learned video games. <laughs> Now, now, uh, now, no offense to uh, the, the, the writers for for Homefront, but uh, really, there's some folks in the Appalachians. Yep, um, they don't care if they're if they if all the electronics didn't work because they weren't using them. Here's the other thing. In fact, they're probably you know been waiting not for this ele- day. You know what's not electronic? A gun. Guns. Here's the other thing. The city in question is Philadelphia. Hey, 
Philly. <laughs> Philadelphia. That's the city that home oh, the revolution. The one to make the Philadelphia is the city that <laughs> Philadelphia is the city that is uh, the, the fans of the 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 football, local football team, the Eagles, are uh, well known for their their kindness to to people. Uh, for example, they threw batteries at Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that Philadelphia! That Philadelphia. <laughs> so you're saying that if all their electronics start working, they would just take the batteries out, and they would suddenly become a force to be reckoned with. There are seven and a half. <laughs> ah, just joking. I get that you're just saying they'd shoot them. There are seven and a half million people living in the Philadelphia region. <laughs> There are five and a half million guns. Well, that's nothing. There must be heaps of North Koreans. <laughs> do, they, do, these, do these writers not realize that if you do, in fact, manufacture all the world's technology, you don't turn all their phones off and invade because you can just sit back and take all their damn money? <laughs> Have they not noticed China? <laughs> all right. So, so again... The plot summary for Homeland the Revolution, Homefront the Revolution, sucks. Sucks, but it's, it's a thousand words. Right? Ah. No, it's not. It's one. It's one. <laughs> it sucks. But but here's the beautiful thing, Jeb, because I'm going to give you yeah. an entire Wikipedia article for the next game. I'm going to leave out the name. That's all I'm going to leave out. Right? Okay. Blank is a 2016 indie strategy computer game by Misfits Attic. It was released on May 18, 2016, for Linus. Linus. Linus Linux, OS X, and Windows. It was released for Linus, only for him. <laughs> no, that's it. That's that's everything. That's the whole summary of this game. And is this noteworthy because the game is, in fact, fantastic? The game owns bones. The game right. is so good. Uh, indie strategy game from last year. Jeb has talked about it already on the podcast this year. This is a game with a text prompt. Oh, it's not the robot one. It's the robot one. Ooh. It's Duskers. Duskers. Duskers' entire Wikipedia page is two sentences. <laughs> well, get on that. You better go write it a thousand word plot summary. And it's not marked as a stub. Like, Wikipedia's like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Fuck you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Come on, Wikipedians. All right. D- D- Duskers is, uh, of course, the is, is based on exploring derelict spacecraft in order to get your way out of a terrible situation you found yourself in using only uh, drone robots that you control remotely. It owns. It's scary as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a really tight indie concept as well. (laughs) It's like, what are our resources? Practically nothing? Alright! Let's see what we can do. The thing I love the most about Duskus is the nature of the control system being so arch and the game occasionally instilling in you fear <laughs> means that suddenly fucking up on the controls is part of the game. Oh, yeah. Like, games like games like Dark Souls or whatnot, where you kind of lose yourself in the controller and you stop consciously thinking of the buttons you're pushing, that's... If, if that controller suddenly does something you don't expect or is bullshit, you feel that was wrong. In Duska, Duskers, you, you typo a command because you're panicking and you don't want to lose three drones in one room. Fuck, 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 fuck. That's part of that game and it feels so scary. I've only seen this happen in Let's Plays and I fucking nearly pissed myself. <laughs> and it's a particularly good style of horror for a generation where we're used to having just all the information, just everything. Yeah. <laughs> you take okay. that away, and that in itself is really disorienting. All right, so we have a class-based shooter game from a brand that is trying to merchandise pre 
previously existing fan affection for whatever they do, selling it more on cinematics in the hopes of creating a new esports arena. Battleborn. Fuck you, Jeb. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to fake you out with Overwatch. I to be fair, that. I was going to say that as well because the end of that sentence was: was it the one that wasn't Overwatch? Yeah. Yes, it was Battleborn, which tried to sell people on it'll play like Borderlands. So they were pre-existing characters, but it's huh? a MOBA. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I honestly feel like there are some good ideas in Battleborn. If nothing else, there is a mushroom that's a ninja. Look, if Overwatch hadn't, then Battleborn probably would have seemed a lot more interesting. Mm. But Even though they're very, very different games. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Sure, sure, but from the outside, they look so similar that they were always going to eat each other's lunches. One of them mm. has a much better appetite than the other one. And and Battleborn's one's loot system is like Diablo. One, it's got a loot Jeff? system. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, but like Overwatch is an adequate first-person shooter. Battleborn's basically a MOBA. Yeah, they're very different things. Yeah. Just pick the worst fucking time to come out, though, man. <laughs> and and Battleborn, like Battleborn, has a character who is a dysfunctional robot butler with a pet robot owl. They maybe just went a bit too wacky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit. I don't want to play that character in a MOBA. I want to play that character's game, just a solo game. <laughs> Well, I don't want to play anyone in a MOBA, so there you go. Also, obviously, Overwatch, two days earlier. <laughs> Never heard of it. Just the worst lunch. The worst fucking day. And you know the social media manager? Just spent that one day between them getting completely drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Talon, having brought someone into this equation who I now just feel an endless depth of sorry for. Oh, dear. That you poor, poor fucker. If you... If you'd, if you'd ever like to come on our podcast and talk about <laughs> yeah. how depressing it was to be the Battleborn social media manager <laughs> while we, just after Overwatch launched, we would be glad to have you on. <laughs> you know what would be best if they'd gotten... You know what streamer they should have definitely gotten to take care of that for them in that meantime? I ate your pie. <laughs> anyway, finally, final game. And this one is super weird because I didn't know this until I did this research, so... Okay, it's a Platinum Games game. Came out one year ago, mm-hmm. and it was built on an existing franchise. Oh, um, that a, was... <laughs> a well-loved 1980s and 1990s cartoon franchise. The Platinum make a Turtles game anytime recently? Platinum did make a Turtles game. Yes. Cool. That was the Turtles game. Yep. Is it? Does it use the Nick designs? No, it uses its own set of designs from yeah. a Japanese artist. But Oh, no, they're, they're more inspired by the old comics, aren't they? But here's the yeah. thing. Would you like to buy a copy of this game? Probably not. I mean, I really like the Nick designs, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that out of it. Like, I liked when the Turtles had eyes. That was kind of a thing for me. The game has been scrubbed from all digital sales and is not being distributed anymore. Damn! Who did they piss off? I have no idea. Like there's no there's no gritty story about how this developed, yeah. how there was a licensing breakup or something like that. But it just disappeared. It was announced that it was being pulled down. 
The, the other weird thing is I don't remember anything like anybody ever talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, there are reviews. There are reviews that talk about how disappointing it is, and the game system, as outlined, <laughs> it includes random encounters and procedurally, uh, sorry, and randomly chosen procedure through bosses mm. um, and AI oh, co-op. I was going to say that could work, but then I remember oh. this is a platinum game and, like, level design is kind of one of their things. Yeah. And, yeah, it just, it, it, it was out and available for eight months. It's Metacritic score is ranging from 55 to 44, depending on the platform. <laughs> uh, game that is spot, not great. GameSpot awarded a 4 of 10, saying, without a doubt, wow. Mutants in Manhattan is a disappointment. Disappointment. One multiplied several times over, not just by its pedigree, but the fact its ingredients for a good game are all present. This huh. is... Wow. So they just... Then quietly swept it under the rug. Inconsistent choppy frame rates, uh. visual tearing on a platinum game, AI cooperative combos that the AI would forget. Uh. Um, if you died, you had to do a random pizza eating mini game with button mashing. That's an idea. It, it sounds really. It sounds like platinum were drunk. <laughs> Like, my complaint... They're hanging out with, with Battleborn person. Yeah. They probably make good games when they're drunk. It's That's the platinum. Like, uh, yeah. Korra? My complaint with Korra was it felt so much like a platinum game, it was too hard for me to really feel like I could finish it. My complaint was the story was fucking nonsense. Devastation was such a platinum game with that super tight set of, <laughs> oh, you, know you can't do a 14-hit combo? Go home, scrub. Um, Wait, you could... Oh, you were, you were trying to play them without a con, without a game Yeah. Pattern. Yeah, okay. It's not often that I play a game and you think it's too hard. That's just a weird combo. Yeah, the Korra game doesn't like doesn't work with a mouse. Yeah, I believe that. It's not good. But yeah. Pretty good with a controller. I'd give it a go. You know you you know you have a you know you have a controller now. You can try yeah, I do. It. We know he's got a controller because he has played Dark Souls. Yep, yep. That 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 thing got plugged into my computer for Dark Souls, and it has lived there ever since. Technically, it's my controller. Yeah. I'm like, sure. I never play anything anymore. Apparently. <laughs> But yeah. You know what it is? I realize why I haven't been playing any of my goddamn DS games. My battery is fucked. Oh yeah. I will I will open that thing after it being on standby for about half an hour and I get maybe twelve seconds of battery left. And then it's like, hey! Uh -oh. yeah. Apparently you can't order a new one from Nintendo of Australia without using a telephone? Fucking decade are these guys from? Just have an online order form. What the hell is wrong with you? But yeah. And and this this game was up for eight months and then poof. That is weird. Like, normally weird. there's some kind of story behind that. I guess there is, but just no one cares enough about the just, just, platinum game. It was just so. bad. Yeah, it was just bad. <laughs> but things don't usually get pulled for being bad. They usually just get ignored forever. Yeah. And it's obviously not embarrassing enough that you have to shuffle it away and hide it. It's bad, but it's not, like, hilariously bad. The announcement it was being pulled was two days before the pull, with no explanation. I mean, it's licensing. Well. Either way. We'll probably never know, because it would require some video games journalist to be invested in the Mutants in Manhattan game. Yeah. Anyway. Also, this month uh, came out a game called Kathy Rain, which has no Wikipedia page, but looks like a kind of cool point and clicker. And Smashing the Battle, which I believe a friend of mine has filed into the healthy anime action titty girl genre. Oh. She's a fan of the genre. It's there. It exists on Steam. Have a look if you want. I will say no more. <laughs> 
Anything else like superheroes? Oh, that's the that's the one where that's 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 the one where where like that's that's the one where where sexy women hit things with gi- like giant fucking hammers and wrenches. Yeah, yeah, just gigantic. It's got that industrial aesthetic. Ooh. Okay, I do kind of like that. Part. Yeah, but like otherwise, it, it's it's not anime at all. It's fucking industrial. <laughs> well, it, it definitely has an anime face aesthetic, and uh, the outfits are a bit painted on. Anyway, oh yeah. It's- but otherwise, titty girls are like superheroes. Only know how to draw. If everyone has giant titty, you may as yeah. well have no one with giant titty. They're all just the same. <laughs> no one looks big. Oh, by the way, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Green. Uh, you yep. said that 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 game is incredibly mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't 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 go to your way to play that game. It's you're not gonna enjoy it. It is impressive to be to be amazingly mediocre. <laughs> so. That's our podcast. Um, thank you all very much for tuning in. That is a podcast. Yeah, we did it. We can do this. Woo! <laughs> and uh, let us know if the feed isn't working properly, because it should all be going fine. Yep. It should have been completely fixed, and if it's not, I need to know about it. We're told giving us reviews on iTunes is a good thing, but really, we're just copying that from every other podcast that says that's what you do. Well, good reviews. Like, good, good, good reviews is a good thing. Bad reviews, you can keep that to yourself. That's fine. We don't need that. <laughs> yeah, if you, remember, if you can't say anything nice... Uh, if I may if I may offer... Oh, Jeb? If I may uh, borrow some, some sage advice, is um, if you like the show... Tell everyone you know. Um, but if you don't, then uh, keep your big mouth shut. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, as ever always, this podcast is made possible in part thanks to your contributions on Patreon. We thank you very much for it. It helps us do such things as dedicate time towards fixing the internet parts of this whole arrangement and maybe buying new headphones because mine are cracking. Anyway, point is, thank you very much. <laughs> Sending the much likes to night classes to learn how other countries' accents work. <laughs> Anyway, as ever always, that was Jeb. That was Fox. And that was Talon. <laughs> what accent was that? That wasn't an accent. That was me. How was that? I wasn't doing a voice. That was just was me. Has it been so long that you've forgotten what I sound like? Bye, the listener. I live in your house. <laughs> See you.